Patience. Patience was the golden key to unlock the safes in which the treasures lie. Other men, tired of effort in one place, moved and sold their goods for a song. They gave up the battle. They stared at the unapproachable stars and stumbled on their faces in the dusty way. But Dickerman, content with little trifles, kept adding them, one to one, to reach his million. He would have it before he died. These were the thoughts that always streamed through his mind as he passed through the heart of his junk store. Now he pulled open the street door and found a rider, dust-covered, sun-reddened. Are you Dickerman? Ah, you've got the look of him. This letter's for you. Dickerman took the envelope, opened it, read the message. At the first words, he wanted to draw back into the shadow. He peered up in suspicion at this stranger who had in his possession news so precious. They paid you, eh? said Dickerman. They paid me a half, said the messenger. I got ten dollars more coming. Here, said Dickerman, and he put a five-dollar bill in the hand of the stranger. There was a shout of rage. Dickerman slammed the door shut, and the voice was partly stifled by the stout partition. In the dimness he was reading. We can't find Bill Champion, but we found his horse. He's left it in a safe place, and a place that keeps traveling. A gang of gypsies has that horse in charge. We don't know how to get at it. Gypsies can steal, but they can't be stolen from. Marietta won't be of any help, because it's the same gang that knows him, and hates him, Queen Maggie's outfit. We'll keep trying to snag the gray. Bates. Riata would not be of any help? That was what Bates thought, but Bates had not had time enough to learn the qualities of Riata in detail. There was heavy beating at the back door of the house. Someone was shaking the door violently, then giving it the weight of his shoulder. That would be the big red-faced messenger, of course. He wanted his other five-dollar bill. But Dickerman preferred to part with blood rather than to give up dollars. Give a man half the price, he asks, and in time he will be contented. He went to the kitchen and heard the voice of Riata call out, Hey, stop that racket, will you? I'm trying to sleep. You're trying to sleep, shouted the big messenger. Why, who are you anyway? I'm a sleepy man. Go on away and don't make such a noise, will you? said Riata. What do you do about it? asked the big man. He went striding toward Riata, with his fists clenched so hard that his elbows cocked out to the sides. I want to know what you'll do about it. Riata rose slowly. He seemed to be weak and leaned a hand against the wall of the shed. But Dickerman laughed and then smoothed his furry face with his hand, still smiling. "'Go away, and don't bother me,' said Riata wearily. "'I don't want to do you any harm. You haven't given me such cause. Yet.' "'How's this for cause, then?' shouted the messenger, and struck with the flat of his hand for that brown, yawning face. The hand beat against the empty air." Riata stepped forward and to the side. He made a little jerking movement with one foot and caught the arm of the other in a twist. It was done so leisurely that only the eye of a dickerman could have estimated the real speed, and the husky messenger fell flat in the dust. Riata sat on his chest. He had the two hands of the messenger lashed together with a couple of turns of his inevitable lariat. With a pinch of two fingers he could keep the big fellow helpless now. You don't want to make so much noise, said Riata, yawning. Dickerman, shouted the prostrate man, writhing. 
the robber, he... I don't care about Dickerman. I was just getting settled for a sleep, said Riata. You want to remember that. You certainly ought to give a fella a chance to have his sleep. He stood up and turned the other loose. For an instant, Dickerman hoped that the messenger would attempt to strike again. He loomed so much vaster than the taper outline of Riata. But second thought was stronger than temptation, and presently the fellow moved away, head down, dusting off his clothes as he went. 2. King of the Rats Dickerman went out into the junkyard, that outdoor domain of his wealth, and sat down beside Riata. Rags kept a space between them, growling softly. Nothing could make the little dog give up an instinctive hatred of the junk dealer. Dickerman said, Read this, and gave the message to Riata. When it was read, Riata yawned again. Oh, who's Bill Ch